Hi there, Rachel here. If you're listening to this episode in May of 2024, I have some big news. After selling out during the holiday season, my Flex of Gold journal is available for pre-order right now and will be shipping to your home by the end of June. To celebrate, we're running an amazing pre-order sale for Mother's Day. Purchase the journal before May 13th and you'll get $10 off every journal. This is our best price of the year, even better than Black Friday, so it's the perfect time to stock up for gifts for family and friends. This three-year journal helps mothers to notice, savor, and write down the fleeting golden moments that they experience with their children each day. So go to 3in30podcast.com slash flexofgold to reserve your copy, and you'll also see our brand new cover colors, as well as our new cover option, which is a wipeable vegan leather. So again, go to 3in30podcast.com slash flexofgold to pre-order your journal, and from now until Mother's Day 2024, they'll be marked down by $10 each. I can't wait for you to experience the magic of this beautiful gratitude journal for mothers. You're listening to 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms, and this episode is sponsored by Kid Culture, an interactive course to help develop kids' minds and hearts through multicultural activities and videos made by kids around the world. As parents, we want so much for our children, including an understanding that every culture around the world is unique and that diversity is something to celebrate. That is a huge responsibility, and depending on where you live, there may not be a lot of diversity in your child's school. It's also not possible for some people to travel, which sometimes makes it feel impossible to expand our children's worldview. This is why I'm so excited to tell you about Kid Culture's new cultural awareness course. To give you an idea of what the course is like, there's a short onboarding video so kids know how to navigate the website, and then they have access to click anywhere on the world map that has a flag icon. Within each country, there are different types of videos like Day in the Life, videos about cooking, recreation, and so much more. The videos have a personal feel, they feature kids, and are narrated by kids. Kid Culture is committed to building a kid-first space without the ads, addictive algorithms, and unsafe social interactions that make some digital streaming and gaming platforms unsuitable for kids. I have been so impressed by this content and I'm so grateful for an enriching place my children can independently navigate without the worry of inappropriate content. Go to kidculture.org slash 3in30 to learn more and buy the course at a discounted price for a limited time only. That's K-I-D-C-U-L-T-U-R-E dot org slash 3in30. Welcome to 3in30, a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30-minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. When my kids were babies and toddlers, we had a rock-solid bedtime routine that my husband and I were completely in control of. We picked our babies up and carried them to the bathroom for teeth brushing. We played little games with them to get them to cooperate, and then we picked them up again and carried them to the recliner to read a book and sing a song while rocking and snuggling a bit. Then we laid them down in their cribs with a kiss and left the room. Obviously, we worked hard to get to that place where they could fall asleep on their own and didn't cry, but after their sleep schedules were established, it was truly easy because we, the parents, were very much in control. That has changed since my kids have gotten older. They are now 11 and 8, and I can no longer pick them up and carry them to the bathroom to get them to brush their teeth. They push back way more on bedtime, especially in the summer when it stays light outside so late, 
And it's hard for me to know if I should monitor every step of their bedtime routine so I can keep them moving along or if I should give them more privacy and independence. It just feels like I have so much less control than I used to have. And honestly, I think I'm just way more tired. I don't have the resolve and the new parent energy that I used to have, and I probably let way too much slide with my kids when I'm exhausted at the end of the day. That's why I called in a sleep expert to interview on the podcast today, because I need all the help I can get to get back on track with my kids' bedtimes, especially as we are starting a new school year in a few weeks, and we need to get back into good routines of going to bed earlier so we can get up earlier. Becca Campbell is a certified pediatric sleep consultant and the CEO and founder of Little Z Sleep and the Sleep Sorority. She has guided tens of thousands of families through the exhausting world of getting your child to sleep and is trusted by pediatric clinics and medical specialists across the country. Becca is also the host of the number three globally ranked pediatric podcast, Little Z Sleep Podcast, and her expertise has been featured in outlets like Parents Magazine, NBC News, Yahoo Life, and Toddler Purgatory. As a CEO, wife, and mother of two, she understands the importance of restful, restorative sleep, so she's dedicated to helping families prioritize getting good sleep. I can't wait to learn from Becca today, so with no further ado, here's our conversation. Becca, welcome to 3 and 30. I am so excited to talk with you today. Thank you. It's a real joy to be here. I love the format of your podcast because I'm like an action step kind of gal, so I, I like this. Thank you for All right. Perfect. Yeah, we're all about the action steps here, especially when we are busy, tired moms, which I think all of us are, especially in the summer months. And as we're heading into a new school year, there's probably a lot of moms thinking we got to get sleep back on track in our house. Maybe some things slid with the summer routines and it stays light where I am till almost 10 p.m. in Idaho. So it's really hard for me to get my kids to bed. And pretty soon here, they're going to be up at 6 a.m again for school. So we got to get this under control. So as I mentioned in that introduction, it's harder for me with my older kids than it was with my younger kids to manage their sleep. And have you found that to be true? And what are some of your kind of general thoughts on why it matters that we continue to prioritize sleep even for our older kids, not just our babies and our toddlers? That is a question that I'm going to answer with the way that I talk to my seven-year-old about why sleep is important. Mm -hmm. And my response to her is always, Ellie, our bodies grow when we sleep. Isn't that amazing? And so mm -hmm. obviously children are going through a just rapid amount of growth through the years. And one of my best and favorite takeaways for children is that your body is giving 75% of the whole total of you growing at night. And that only happens when you sleep and it's super important. So you got to have that. Mm -hmm. And at this age for school age children, and I'm really going to talk from five years on up here, they really need anywhere between nine and 12 hours of sleep. And that's a pretty big difference because it depends on the child, but they still need real solid rest. Adults were looking at more like seven to nine hours of sleep, but children really need, I like to look at the average at about 10 to 11 hours of sleep per night. And, and that fluctuates as they go through school. But growth is one of the biggest things that we attribute our, our nights of rest to. Yeah. And that's so motivating for me as a mom of why this matters, why it's worth it for me to rally my energy 
at the end of the day, when I'm so tired and I just want to say, I don't even care what they're doing in their rooms right now, I'm going to bed and they can read. I have one of my children would literally read till 1 a.m. if I didn't stop him. And I remember being under the covers with a flashlight, reading my books. And every once in a while, that's fine and a fun memory, I think, for children. But it shouldn't become a consistent thing. So I'm grateful to you for pointing out why sleep matters so much because it helps me to recommit to helping them do this, to helping our whole family do this so that we can grow and be healthy and have mental and emotional wellness as well. Some of our kids' hard behaviors would be solved simply if they got more sleep. Absolutely. You think about it on your own. That's why if you go flashback to the postpartum period, you remember what that's like as that tired, exhausted, everything's heightened. All your negative emotions are heightened. All your positive emotions are heightened and you can't regulate things. And so, Mm. yeah, it's not really fun to have an eight-year-old who cannot regulate their emotions because they're exhausted. And yeah, just getting a good night's sleep helps so much. Yes. So we're going to dive into some actionable steps of how we do this. How do we help our kids develop this good sleep hygiene? And I'm so excited for you to teach us and give us some ideas and examples of how we could do this with our littles, with our toddlers, but also with our older kids, because things will and do shift a little bit as they get older as to what they will want included in their bedtime routine. So let's just get started with our first takeaway. Yes. First takeaway, no matter the age of your child, if you are trying to make bedtime easier, which we all do, is to make a family plan. Write down those steps that you know, your partner knows, and your children know about how we get ready for bed. Having a plan of what you're going to do before you even get to that routine just obviously makes things a whole lot easier. But Mm -hmm. one of my favorite phrases is you can't expect what you don't express. And so you can't get to bedtime routine and be like, okay, hello, you know what you're supposed to do. And your kid's like, no, we've never really talked about the plan here. What am I supposed to do? Because we do different things every night and I'm not really sure. So have a plan and get everybody on that same page. This could be as easy as, you know, going to your computer and going to Canva and making something cute and pretty or a piece of notebook paper and writing down, here are the steps. Here's how we get ready for bed. You take a shower, you brush your teeth, you get your pajamas on, you read a book, and then I come say goodnight and lights are out. Whatever that looks like for you, have a plan that's clearly displayed and that everybody's on board with. And I would say the bonus step for that is to include the timings. With school-aged mm. children, it would be important whether they're using an actual timer. In my house, we use the time timer as a visual mm-hmm. aid for them to see. You've got a 10-minute shower. You've got 10 minutes to get your jammies on and brush your teeth. Now you've got 20 minutes to read a book. And having that as a cue for them is helpful. Or obviously, if they know how to read the clock, have them guide through those different time stamps for them. And mm-hmm. this release of what seems like, oh gosh, we're so rigid. We have a plan and it's all written down. Having a plan is freedom. And so everybody knows what to do. You're not coming to bedtime anxious that you've got to corral the troops through all the different steps. Everybody knows what to do and everybody has their place. So have that plan, communicate it, but then also communicate it often not just the first Mm -hmm. day you want to implement it, communicate it every single day. You know, we think we say it like once or twice, but it's really until like the 20th time that you say it to your kids. Oh, then, okay, now I got it. So communicate it daily until you feel like you're blue in the face saying it all the time. But that's usually when they first understand. So have a plan is really our first step. And I feel like for my children, I think that they're used to me 
getting overwhelmed and being like, we're going to revamp everything in this house and like making a plan or making a chore chart. And then they know that if they just wait, I will not stick to it and I will let it go over time, you know? And so I think they almost kind of expect that from me. So they kind of go along and they're like, sure, mom. But inside they're not that committed to it because they think I'm not that committed to it, which is (laughs) not the most flattering thing to admit about myself. But I do think that with something like this, if you decide you're going to do this and you commit to it and your children can sense that this is serious and for a good solid week or two weeks you are with them not just sending them off on their own but you're going through it with them and enforcing it then they kind of realize okay she's serious about this and we're gonna follow the plan and I love that you pointed out writing it down for your partner as well my husband and I really do share a lot of the workload with the children which I love we're equal partners in that But when we have a different expectation or he doesn't even know what my expectation is, then it varies night by night. And he's taking them on a bike ride at 9 p.m. And I'm like, what the heck are you doing? You know, so it's almost like we need to decide together as a whole family. Well, first, probably as a partnership. (laughs) because my kids would say, oh, we want our bedtime to be 11. But my husband and I could decide and then go to the kids and say, what could this look like? What steps should be included to get us all in bed by this time? And write it out and post it and have everybody follow along with it, even on these fun, warm summer nights. And having an occasional late night with your kids is fine. Mm -hmm. But when it becomes every single night of the summer, that's when I notice it turns into a real problem for my children. Definitely. And circling back to where you said, yeah, I'm guilty of that too. Like, ah, we're going to have a plan. I'm so frustrated. Here's the plan. And everybody senses that it's birthed out of my frustration, not exactly Mm -hmm. a family ordeal. But when you do sit down to formulate this plan, that's the whole point is that now you have a plan and it's life. A few weeks later, you probably will forget about it and it will be something that starts to not get as tight anymore. But then you just pull that paper out of the drawer. Hey, remember this that we did a month ago? We're going to get back to it again. And that's even the same as sleep training, which is the foundation of what we teach is that you can always get back to that. It's something that is ingrained in you. And sometimes Mm -hmm. you just got to get back to the beginning of it. And so having that plan, even when you're coming back from a vacation or after multiple nights of being off, okay, let's get that back out again. It's going to trigger those reminders to your kids. Yes, absolutely. Let's take a quick break to thank this episode's sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by Rothy's, the ingenious company that repurposes plastic water bottles into their signature thread that they use to make shoes, bags, and more. We all know how amazing it feels to discover a new obsession, whether that's the podcast you can't stop binging or the new restaurant that you've ordered from three times in one week. And Rothy's is my new shoe obsession. I recently got their best-selling The Point Shoes, which are classy feminine flats that literally go with everything, dresses or pants. I got them in a beautiful neutral nude called Portobello, and after feeling how insanely comfortable those were, I knew I needed a pair of their sneakers as well and decided to get those in a bit of a wilder pattern, the Desert Cat, which is a fun leopard print. We're heading into back-to-school season, and before we know it, it will be autumn, and transitioning from summer to fall is easy with Rothy's shoes. They have so many colors you can wear from season to season without going out of style. Step up your shoes and accessories this summer and fall and get ready to be asked, are those Rothy's? Plus, get $20 off your first purchase at rothys.com slash 3in30. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash 3in30. 
This podcast is also sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. It's no secret that I am a fan of soul care. This summer, soul care has looked like walks, journaling, long drives, listening to podcasts with my family, and even focus time alone to work on my podcast. Yes, working on the show is definitely soul care for me. It invigorates my mind as I learn great tools for helping my family and myself. We constantly put maintenance into keeping our homes and cars running, so why not put the same care into keeping our minds healthy? There are plenty of ways to support a healthy brain, like learning a new language or taking power naps. There's also BetterHelp Online Therapy, which can help you identify unhealthy thought patterns or coping mechanisms and train your brain to experience and process emotions so you can more easily move through them to live a full life. BetterHelp is online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat-only therapy sessions, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Our listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash 3in30. That's BetterHelp.com slash 3in30. And I think that's a great lead-in into what is your second takeaway. Yeah. So with that plan, that doesn't change. You might as well etch it in stone because you're doing those same steps every single day, every single time. You think about the way that you like to get ready for bed. I do the same thing every single night and it's just, that's how I like to relax. I may not think that's what it is, but every night I'm going to do the same methodical steps until I get in bed and I go to sleep and your children need that expectation. And so stick to the order of the plan in the same way every time. The best part about this is that that familiarity can then go on vacation with you. Hey, we may Mm. be in a very different hotel room right now, but you know what? You're still going to go take a shower. You're still going to brush your teeth. You can still read for a little while and then we're going to go to bed. You can still do all of these things outside of your house while we're on vacation or at your grandparents' house or in just a different place. Or if someone else, if there's a babysitter, you do the same thing every single time. And that rote memory of what we do, that's why you don't always need to have that piece of paper with the checklist at the side is it just becomes a part of that natural habit. And nobody likes to feel like everything is in chaos. Mm. And I have heard that your body starts to recognize it too. So it almost becomes a trigger for your body to help you get tired. It knows the steps. It knows like, okay, we wash our face, then we do this, then we read. Your body and your mind kind of slowly start to settle. Is that true? Yes. And that's actually nerdily enough is one of my favorite parts about a bedtime routine that like, why do we, why do we start with a bath? Why do we start with a shower? So if any kids are out there being like, I don't want to take a shower. I don't want to take a bath, which that's the stage we're in right now. It's actually, yes, you want to get cleaned from the day, but from babyhood, from newbornhood, when you start with bath, it instantly sends that trigger. Oh, water. What what other part of the day do I get water splashed on my face except for when I'm about to go to sleep? So from your really beginning of your life, it starts to send that message. Oh, the sensation of water. Okay, yes. All right. Nighttime is coming. But then the actual like cool scientific reason about this is when you sleep, your body naturally drops a few degrees as its internal temperature, just Mm. a tiny little bit. And when you take a warm bath or a warm shower and you step out of the bath or out of the shower and you're, ooh, it's kind of chilly, right? And you wrap up and you start to get the little chills. That's actually helping your body start to slow down and get ready for sleep. And so I get that question multiple times, like, well, do we have to get the shower, the bath as part of the, like, they're, mm-hmm. my kid's filthy. They need to take a bath later. Okay, that's fine. But there's also a reason for that. It actually helps your body get prepared for rest, which is, I think, really cool. 
Interesting. I had no idea. And my kids definitely do not shower every day. And when they do, it's not at night. So maybe this is something that we should start incorporating. Do you recommend children bathe or shower every night as part of their sleep routine? I would say uh, there's an asterisk here. Like, yes, most every situation, except for if there are situations like in the winter, me and my children don't because I have eczema. They also have eczema, so I'm not doing that every single night. So mm. there are definitely some differences, but I would say for us, it's about 80% every single night. And sometimes though, it's it's just sitting. We'll do an Epsom salt bath like once a week because that actually helps promote better sleep as well. Your body soaking in the Epsom salt actually helps your magnesium levels. And so that helps you sleep better. So even that, like just sitting in an Epsom bath for a little bit, your hair is tied up and maybe not washing your hair. That's helpful too. So Mm. yes, water is a great way to do that. And it could even be like, hey, it's super late. Just wipe your face down with some water. That also Mm. sends a trigger too. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. When my son was a baby, he needed to be bathed every night because he spit up so much. But then we've gotten out of that habit, but he's going to be entering adolescence soon. I mean, he's 11 and he's going to start being sweaty and smelly. Yeah. And it's probably a good thing to just get him in the habit of rinsing off every night, you know? And so that may be something we bring in. Are there other steps that you recommend always be included or be included as much as possible for children? Yes. One part of my bedtime routine that's like the cornerstone at Little Z Sleep that throws people off when I talk about it. And that is having intentional one-on-one time. Usually Mm. I encourage active, but again, our audience is a lot of toddlers and preschools. For school-age children, it looks different. I've adapted it differently for my kids, but we've always included 10 to 15 minutes of one-on-one time. They've done brush their teeth. They've gotten their jammies on. And I like that all in the bathroom because you don't have to have any dramatic fights between the bathroom and their room. You just get it all done. Now let's go to your room and we're going to spend some time together. Whether that's for a younger child, we can play hide and go seek. We can listen to some music and have a dance party. Hey, for now, my six-year-old, she wants to walk around the room and show me what she did that day, whether that was making crafts or just show me what she did in PE if it's during the school year. My older one, she likes to just sit with me and talk about the day or me read a book to her. But having intentional one on one time has now been my favorite part of the day, which, hey, what parent's favorite part of the day is bedtime, right? Like it's this magical little moment where you get to enjoy your child one-on-one. I like to share this with parents because if your child struggles getting out of the bed, getting out of their room multiple times a night, sometimes, Mm -hmm. not all the time, sometimes it can be totally linked to the reaction that they're given when they come out of their room. They come out of the room, they get a big reaction. Oh no, you should be in bed. What are you doing? Oh, we got to get you back in bed. They're getting attention. It doesn't matter how they're getting attention, but if we Mm. can give them attention during bedtime routine, even 10 to 15 minutes of sitting and talking with them, playing a board game, whatever that looks like for that child, what they enjoy, having that one-on-one time connection there are things that I learned about my girl's day I didn't know about if I hadn't spent that time with them. And so yeah. that is definitely something I encourage. And I think it's important if you're able to do that with your child, especially if you weren't with them during the day, to have that extra real bonding time with them. Yeah. And I think the key there is that it has to start earlier in order for you to have the energy to do that. You know, if you're starting at 9 p.m., And then they're dawdling. And then by 930, you're like, I'm out of here. I do not want to spend any more time with you. I want to go to bed myself or I want to go watch a show or whatever. So if you can shift things a little bit earlier when you get started, you can have more of that time. I have a son, the 11-year-old. He has a really busy brain and he kind of comes alive at night. (laughs) 
And I think his brain is like worrying and that's when he gets like a lot of creativity. And I have thought about trying to do meditation with him to try to help Mm -hmm. him learn how to calm his brain down, especially at night. Is that something that you've had any experience with or do you know of any apps that could be useful for parents? Yes, where you can't turn your brain off. That's my oldest child. She wants to talk about all the deep thoughts that are in her brain. Sometimes they're deep, dark thoughts. I'm like, oh, we don't need to talk about this right before you go to bed. And Mm -hmm. I want your listeners to know, I'm not being paid to say this, but my favorite device is the Zenimal, Z-E-N-I-M-A-L, Zenimal. It is a fantastic guided screen-free, that's the best part of it, screen-free device that for children and for adults, they have two different versions walks through different meditations for them. My daughter's favorite one, because she's creative as well, there's stories. And it goes through these stories for them while guiding them through, hey, let's stop thinking about my, we just had our first family loss. My daughter's great grandfather died. And so mm-hmm. for like the, the first night, that's all she wanted to talk about was what happens when I die? Where is pop? Why was pop in pain? All these things I'm like, you don't need to be thinking about this at 830 at night. And so mm-hmm. I grabbed her Zenimal, popped on a story and then she was asleep within 10 minutes where if I didn't have that, I know I would have had to sit beside her for at least an hour, just talking with her, rubbing her back. So yes, I would suggest something like this that's screen free versus an Mm -hmm. app because blue light will affect our sleep. But the Zenimal is a powerful tool for children and for adults alike to help. That's the whole purpose of it is to shut your brain off of all of the racing thoughts and focus on resting and focus on slowing down and going to sleep. So yeah, huge fan of Zenimal. Okay. That's a great product rec. Another question I had for a sleep expert is melatonin. Mm. So that's something that we've gotten pretty reliant on with my son to calm his busy brain. And his pediatrician has said that that's okay. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I have a lot of strong thoughts about it. And it's actually (laughs) something that is about to hit the market a little bit more that it's known in the sleep community that melatonin is very unregulated. Oftentimes, studies have found that the amounts in the actual melatonin gummy or pill or chewable have way higher melatonin than it actually says. And Hmm. so it has been known to be quite dangerous and especially something for children. What I teach is that our children actually have enough melatonin. It's only in situations where a child, and please speak to your pediatrician about this, if they have autism, uh, ADHD, sometimes those children have a melatonin deficiency. But Mm in general, children have enough melatonin. And if that's something that a child is relying on, then I would suggest trying something natural, like 100% tart cherry juice. Cherries are one of the few foods that have been found to have natural traces of melatonin. And so we take the gummy out and we replace it with a little shot of cherry juice. And then also doubled with sunshine. That's how our brain, so right behind your eyeballs, there's a little thing called the suprachiasmatic nucleus. And that's what tells your brain and your whole body to secrete the melatonin. And when the sun goes down, that's when your body and your brain starts to produce melatonin. And Mm. so what we want to do those 9 p.m. bike rides may be totally fine. Go outside, get Mm. that late evening sun. When the sun starts to go down, it tells your body it's bedtime. 
kick that melatonin in. And so that's really important for us. And so my take is that unless you're traveling overseas and you're trying to help maybe deal with some jet lag, it's really not something that's needed for children. I would suggest natural ways to get it and then sunshine exposure in the evening. And then first thing in the morning when he wakes up, go outside for 10 minutes, just sit in the sun, let your body Mm -hmm. soak that in. So it tells your body now it's sunny. You don't need melatonin. Let's get that cortisol back up. So that's my take on that. Yeah. And I think also... I recognize that our sleep routines have been really chaotic. And so we haven't taught his body to calm down naturally. And so then he might rely on that melatonin to do that. Whereas if we were doing some of these other steps that you and I already talked about consistently, then he may not need that as much. So that's something that I can work on to see if it helps him to fall asleep. So it's it's a constant work in progress. This child had a rock solid sleep routine as a baby and a toddler. And I don't know what happened. And sometimes that's just life and you got to kind of yeah. get back on track. Yeah. Well, and you know what? Like that definitely part of parenting is like, okay, where'd we go? How'd we get way over here? Let's get back. And I think <laughs> the other thing though, you may not want to hear this though, around <laughs> 11 to 12 years old, they actually start to get a shift in their sleep patterns. So Mm -hmm. if he ever tells you like, I'm not tired at 9 p.m., he's actually not, like he's not lying. It's Mm -hmm. actually more normal that around 11, 12 years old, they start to shift and they're not tired until 10 or 10.30, which we're like, oh my gosh, go to bed. You got to get up at six for school, Mm -hmm. which is a whole nother topic for another day on trying to get school to start later. But (laughs) um, that is the struggle for sure, is that his body actually is going through a time where he's not tired yet. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. This is all really good information for me. And then what is your third takeaway? Yes. So the third takeaway, if you want to have an easier bedtime with your child is to end with your child being awake and ready to fall asleep on their own, which sometimes we think like, well, duh, that's like a baby thing, right? Let's make sure that's a thing. But it can be a little bit more difficult, especially because we always want to be there for our kids. And if now they're, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine, they're like, mommy, just you stay here and like rub my back. You're like, okay, baby, I will <laughs> You'll rub yeah. their back, right? And we love that. And that could be okay for a little bit of time. But if you find yourself in a place where it's taking an hour, an hour and a half to do the entire bedtime routine, plus getting them to fall asleep, bedtime routine is really only maybe 45 minutes. Then Mm. that should end with good night, close the door. They put themselves to sleep at this age, maybe within 15 minutes. Mm. So if you're finding that you're sitting there rubbing their back for half an hour to an hour to help them fall asleep, that's because they actually need to fall asleep on their own. And what we've done sometimes is they've lost that confidence that they can do it themselves. And for me, that's the core of an elementary and even a preschool child who cannot sleep on their own, they're lacking the confidence that they are fully capable of doing it. And so it's our job to boost their confidence, but also getting back to, we think the bedtime routine is just bath, brush teeth, get your James on, read, go to bed, extend that plan a little bit. Okay. But here's how you fall asleep. You close your eyes, you take Mm. a deep breath, you be still, you be quiet and relax. And so talk through that for your child of how do you fall asleep? Mm -hmm. And then from there, that's equipping them to do that. And so this is definitely really the core of where we want to see is that you've had a great plan. You've stayed consistent with that plan. But ultimately, if you desire your child to have a great night of independent sleep, they need to fall asleep themselves on their own. Yeah. And this is my my daughter loves snuggle time in the evening, which 
I love too. So I'm like a sucker for getting in bed with her and snuggling with her until she falls asleep. But I have recently tried to be better about just snuggling and then leaving before she's all the way asleep. You can still have the snuggle time, but I often will fall asleep in her bed with her, but I miss out on that time to spend with my husband. I miss out on that time to do my own bedtime routine. And sometimes I mess up my own sleep because I fall asleep with her for an hour, an hour and a half. And then I wake up and I'm not tired anymore because I just got this nap at 9 p.m. And I can't fall asleep because I messed up my own sleep routine. So I think it is better to just snuggle with her and then kiss her goodnight and leave the room, just like I did when she was a baby, getting back into those habits. Right. Well, and that could be a part of your plan for her is, okay, we snuggle And then we read a book because my youngest, she's definitely the baby syndrome for me. I'm like, oh, yes, I will lay here and rub your hair and snuggle with you all night. But same thing. I had to break it up. So I keep her lights on. We do our snuggles. Then I sing her songs. And then I say goodnight and leave the room. But it is difficult to say no sometimes when they just, you know, oh, they're like, oh, they need you. And you're like, no, I know it's going to mess everything up for my own sleep, which is Mm -hmm. important. We want you as the mom to get a great night of sleep so you can wake up feeling refreshed and happy and ready to go. Yeah. And again, just like we were talking about how it's okay to have an occasional night where everyone's out late with the family, it's okay to have a night where you rub their back to get help them fall asleep, you know, but it just shouldn't be every night, right? Right. That- right. right. General takeaway. Because you know what? There's going to be some things that, like I said, we dealt with the death in the family. I was yeah. fully prepared to sit there and rub her back to sleep because I knew that was going to happen. And yes, it's very normal to run into what feels like more sleep issues. They're just different sleep issues as your mm. child grows because nothing is ever one and done. Just because mm. we sleep trained our baby or we worked with them as a toddler to help get that solid night's sleep doesn't mean like, all right, my job is done here. It's always evolving. It's always changing. And there's always something that we're just having to get right back in line with. But that is truly the nature of working with sleep. Sleep is a puzzle. And that's something you're just going to constantly have to be mindful of. Yeah. And Becca, I will say something you mentioned earlier. At some point, you mentioned something about how once they've gotten into this routine, their body will remember it. And I just thought, okay, the fact that I was so good about this with them for so many years means I can do it again and maybe their body will remember it even though it's been a few years and they'll get back into it, which is hopeful for someone that feels like we've gotten off track. So thank you for this advice today, this wisdom. I'm feeling much more equipped for my own children and I know listeners are feeling the same. If they want to learn more from you, where can they find more of your work? Yes. So everything is under littlezsleep.com. We have our podcast, our YouTube channel, and all of our core online sleep programs are available because we really believe that as parents, you don't have to be tired parents. You can make sleep a real thing in your home. So check out littlezsleep.com for everything. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on 3 and 30. Thank you for having me. That was such an enlightening conversation for me as I figure out how to revamp our family sleep schedules. If you are also struggling with this right now, remember Becca's three takeaways. First, write down the steps for your child's bedtime routine, which should actually probably be called a getting ready to sleep routine, because that's what you're doing. You are preparing your body and mind to relax. Review these with your partner and your child hours before it's actually time for bed, post them somewhere visible, and really stick to it. Second, do the same steps in order every time. This will help your child get into the groove so you face less resistance, and it will help their bodies start to learn the cues to start getting sleepy. Consider adding a bath or shower to the routine, as well as some one-on-one time connecting with you. 
And third and finally, leave the room when your child is still awake so they can learn to fall asleep and stay asleep on their own. This might involve some conversations and reminders about how to fall asleep, shutting your eyes, breathing deeply, letting your body relax, listening to a meditation. This is a skill that your child will get better at with practice and it will bless them throughout their life. Mamas, if your summer sleep schedules with your kids have been chaotic like mine have, let's recommit together to helping them get the sleep they need to grow and develop physically and emotionally. We can do this, and I'm right in the trenches with you. Let's just take one step at a time, and let's have a beautiful week with our families. I'm Stacy Toth. And I'm Dr. Sarah Ballantyne. And we'd like to invite you to come listen to our podcast, The Whole View. Each week, we follow the science for an in-depth answer to a listener-requested topic related to health and wellness. But we're not your typical health show. We're talking emotional and physical, looking at dozens of scientific studies to support our answers. You may be surprised what the science can tell us. When we share practical tips and embarrassing personal stories, we make sure no one is left thinking perfection is the goal. In fact, this one time at band camp... Uh uh, not now, Stacy. Oh, right. Sorry. I was about to get on a soapbox again. The whole view is exactly that. A comprehensive and holistic look at important topics that likely resonate with you. We also take a body positive approach. And instead of engaging in diet culture, we focus on what the actual medical research says are the healthiest choices in terms of diet, lifestyle, and non-toxic living. And we're not afraid to bust myths that are trending in health conscious communities. Join us to laugh and learn and just feel like you're hanging out with your two nerdiest besties. Check out the Whole View podcast wherever you listen. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode.